0: Hi, this is Adina here with today's episode of the Wonder Your Way to Brilliant podcast show of Courage to Be Curious. As you know, we are traveling this year in thinking about the Yamas and the Niyamas, the um, principles for ethical practice, and they stem from the yoga tradition. We have been exploring in the month of August the Niyama of Santosha or contentment. Honestly, in some ways, we've been exploring contentment and the barriers to contentment or practices toward um, claiming contentment, I think, the whole year in various kinds of ways. So I love that we are now settled solidly in thinking about contentment. We began this exploration last week, so if you missed the first week's episode, you can go back and catch it. This week in our exploration of Santosha, I'm looking at this section of Deborah Adele's book with the same name, The Yamas and the Niyamas, where she talks about how the fact that we spend so much of our lives moving or trying to move toward what we like, you know, whether those are objects, food, clothes, colors, music, self-image, conversation, hobbies, friends, activities, or beliefs, and trying to move away from those things that we think we don't like, you know, objects, people, conversations, you know, all those same kinds of things. And we tend to go about that seeking or avoiding. She she sort of says almost as though it's a matter of life and death. Like we have to, we have to be closer or claim those things or get those things. I almost want to say get those things that we like And we have to avoid those things that create disruption for us or that we don't like. Because what will happen otherwise is that we'll have no chance at contentment. The thing that is interesting, I think, to explore is I would ask us to ask ourselves is to what extent has that striving to bring into our lives only those things which make us feel good and eliminate from our lives all those things that create disruption for us. How successful a strategy has that been in bringing us closer to a feeling of contentment? So if you're 40 years old, maybe you've been working at it for 40 years. If you're 50 years old, maybe you've been working at it for 50 years. If you're 60 years old, maybe you've been working at it for 60 years. If you're 80 years old, maybe you've been working at it for 80 years. How successful has that strategy been for us? So to what extent is the seeking and avoiding or pulling in and pushing away strategy related to the things in our outside world actually been working to bring us closer to contentment? And Deborah Dell has this phrase that she uses in this book, and it's, you know, one of those ones that's highlighted in bold by the editors that says, seeking and avoiding are expensive uses of energy. Seeking and avoiding are expensive uses of energy. And I think about that, right? How much energy we expend trying to grab those things or bring in those things that feel good that might or we think are going to feel good, but might in fact be a bit out of our reach, or trying to push away and push out things that we interpret as creating disruption out and how much energy goes in to that exercise. So, good thing to ponder, right? Good to notice. So as a coach, I'm always on the lookout for this. I'm on the lookout for myself. And I'm also on the lookout when I'm working with my clients. And some of the things I have realized here are verbal cues or language cues that I've come to identify as part of the entire seeking and avoiding kind of game, run around, right? Let, what indicates or sends off signals that we're in seeking and avoiding? Here are some of my key phrases. I just need, I just need dot, dot, dot. I just need for this to happen. I just need to get this. I just need the one more thing. I just need, so as long as, I just need the good indicator. As long as, as long as this stays the same, as long as this doesn't happen, as long as this happens, everything will be okay. When X happens, then. Or when this is over, then. Or when this, you know, happens, this will be okay, right? So when, dot, 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 then is another indicator. If only. If only this were to happen. If only I were to get. If only they were to choose me. If only, if only. What I really want is, how about, if blank would just if this person would just do this, if this person would make this happen, or if X event would just happen, or if X act of nature would happen, if it would just not rain today, right? Why can't? Why can't this be true? Or why can't this happen? Or why couldn't it be simple? Or why can't? Why doesn't? If I could, all I need, all I want... So think about each of those phrases, what they all have in common, I just need, as long as, if only, why can't, why doesn't, if I could, all I need, all I want, if blank would just happen, what I really want, what I really need, right? All of those phrases are a signal back to ourselves that we have delayed the possibility of our own contentment. Until something else has occurred, and very often, if we're honest with ourselves, that thing that we are counting on occurring so that we can be content or okay is something that's out of our control. So when we think about it in these terms, we can get a sense of just how expensive a use of energy this seeking and avoiding strategy is because I have to chase things or try to manipulate, control, or contrive things over which I have no control, or very little control often, and what's at stake as to how successful I am or I'm not in controlling these things that are typically outside my sphere of control is my own contentment. It's a pretty big price to be paying, and a lot to be putting in the hands of a universe or another person or the world Um, that affects our overall quality of life, right? So when we think about this idea of Santosha, this segment invites us to really consider whether the strategy of seeking and avoiding is actually a productive one. Or is there an alternative? So Deborah Dell references this man who, you know, she doesn't call him by name or anything, 116 years old, and he's often asked, what's the secret of your longevity? Like, how'd you pull that off 116 years and still lucid enough to talk about it? And his reply to the question of what's the secret to your longevity is, when it rains, I let it. When it rains, I let it. I allow the world to function the way that it work, that it does function. I allow the weather to happen the way that it happens. I allow other people to behave the way that they behave. I allow circumstances to unfold the way that they do. I don't try to stop them. And I don't think we take this as a comprehensive, right? If somebody's beating me, I allow them to beat me, right? But we take it in the sense of places where I actually have no control that I don't try to exert control. I do exert control in places where I actually have the capacity. So we'll take that extreme example. Somebody beating me, well, I can get out of the way, you know, right? I can get out of the relationship. I report that person like I have control over something there. But if it rains, I don't try to stop the rain. If the schedule of the day isn't following my plan because it seems to be unfolding another way, maybe I let it and see what happens. When the restaurant I wanted to go to is closed, I could get aggravated, I could do all of these things, or I could let it be closed and see what other opportunity can fill that space. So these words, these deeply profound words of when it rains, I let it. I don't expend energy, a precious resource of energy, in trying to control things that are outside of my control. Well, why are we so afraid to do that? Why are we so afraid to just let it rain? And when we ask that question, it really brings us to the heart of, I think, our own discontentment. Because our own discontentment is tied to whatever the fear is we have of letting it rain, letting it rain on our wedding day, letting it rain on our child's birthday, letting it rain on all these things, that somehow or another, something will be thrown so off off track that, I don't know, will we not be able to recover from it? Will it diminish our value? Will it ruin something so badly that we won't be able to manage, that we won't be able to meet whatever happens? You know, whatever it is, what is it that we're so afraid of? And when I think we take that trajectory, we can realize that very often the discontent doesn't come from having enough of the good things and pushing away enough of the bad things. It comes from our being able to have the confidence and a sense of peace that when the outside world brings things that are unexpected or outside of our control, that we can be content in the space, that we can meet those things. We can allow them and we can determine a healthful or strengthful way of responding to them maybe we say we can we know that we can make a lemon out of le- lemonade out of lemons maybe we can say that we can find the bright side maybe we can simply say that when something difficult or uncomfortable happens that we're going to be able to be present to it without falling apart that we can meet something difficult we can meet a challenge we can meet an inconvenience we can meet a disruption we can meet any of those things and still be okay Sometimes there's a silver lining, sometimes there's a good that comes from it, and, but that's not a promise, right? But in a space of contentment, whatever happens, we allow it, and we have confidence and trust in our ability to meet it without our entire universe falling apart. So it's an offering, right? It's a challenging space to bring ourselves to. And something in this, um, in the spirit of courageous curiosity, I invite us to think about as we explore this idea of contentment is what keeps us from letting it rain? What keeps us from letting life happen and trusting in our response? what keeps us in the expensive pursuit of seeking and avoiding rather than being. So those are the offerings around um, Santosha this week. And inviting us, part of the role of the niyamas is to have us to look inward instead of outward. And so in this looking inward space of Santosha, to really looking inward and being curious. Where, what part of me could be okay in letting it rain? What part of me could be okay when things don't work out as I planned? What part of me could be okay? And how would it feel differently to allow the rain to fall? So if you've enjoyed this podcast, please share it with others. We'd love to bring more people into the circle of listening to our journey with the yamas and the niyamas. And you can encourage them to download um, "Courage to be, the Wonder Your Way to Brilliant as a podcast on their app. If you have any thoughts or comments on this, feel free to email me at adina, A-D-I-N-A, at courage dot becuriouscom And please, if you are inclined, you're on iTunes, if that's how you're listening, go in and rate this show, leave a comment, it helps other people to find it. And love to hear how your journey of exploring Santosha and contentment is going, if you want to send me a message through Facebook. But in any case, please stay with us this month, and we will be back again next week with more on Santosha.